0: A and, and fill a syringe. Quick injection of antibiotics, and I can get him out of here. For once your life, would it kill you to pick it up? Help me get this thing out of here. No,
1: no, know. we <laughs> just. We
2: They just get into character <laughs>
3: <laughs> beautiful jay beautiful oh
0: yeah that's, that's how it starts the 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 ooing and the yeah. ah-ing, but then of course <laughs> there's the the running and the You've got to do the whole the
2: podcast the like The that. roaring and the aring.
0: <laughs> Does it make a noise, that thing? It did make a noise. I went it I right into hear the it. microphone. No, do, 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 do. I hope you picked it up, listeners.
2: For <laughs> <laughs> something has survived. Ladies and gentlemen and chaos titians alike, welcome back to Ramblin' and Amblin' podcast. The podcast that explores the sights of Amblin' entertainment. From the breakout hits to the proverbially extinct. I am one half of your hosts, Andy Godian.
0: I'm the other half, Joshua Glenn.
2: And we're very happy to welcome back a returning guest, a survivor from the first Jurassic Park incident. Please welcome back JP Aficionado and our friend, Mr. Jack Delamere. Welcome back to the pod, Jack.
3: I'm very happy to be here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> the Lost World,
0: man. I'm the Lost part. World. Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. a long time in the making this yeah. <laughs>
2: if uh fans of the podcast may recall um we had Jack on for the first installment of Jurassic Park, and in that he gave a little hint, a little tease as to what he thinks about the rest of the franchise and particularly its direct follow up the Lost World Jurassic Park, directed by Steven Spielberg and written by david kep um released in nineteen ninety seven and I think we should just bower on through and like, let's get start getting to the good stuff. But just like the lost world, let's just
0: get going. You don't want to spend twenty minutes on vague, sir, before diving
3: into the uh, the nasty the nasty business.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Jay, you're a wordsmith. That intro was wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> I really hope oh, the T Rex comes through too. <laughs>
2: And speaking of wordsmiths, Joshua Glenn, I believe you've uh, yeah. <laughs> prepared a little synopsis for us at top for The Lost World. Jurassic yeah, I Park. <laughs> No mention of
0: vehicles this time, just to avoid any potential embarrassment. All right. Taking place four years after the events of the original, on your part. The Lost World opens on a snoop. Eh? Gone? What would you say? On your part? Sorry. <laughs> I thought already you were calling me out for something. That's correct. (laughs) Uh, Four years after the events of the original, the Lost World opens on a snooty British family lunching on a beach as they're waited upon by their yacht staff. When their daughter wanders off to explore the local wildlife, she finds out the hard way that the curious lizard fellow she encounters is actually a vicious little comps... I even wrote it out phonetically, and I still <laughs> just still go compy. Compignatus, <laughs> or compy for short. Yeah, it's called compy. Yeah, we'll just go for compy. Let's so try. You, and... got,
2: you got the first one. We got the Latin out of the way. In first go, so
0: we're done now. Yeah, we just that's the, the only. Compie. That's the only time we do. That. Taking off my hoodie because it's getting hot. See it turns out That this family had stumbled upon Isla Sauna An island off the coast of Costa Rica That acted as Site B for the ill-fated Jurassic Park Following the collapse of the park on Isla Nublar This island, which acted as The factory floor for the genetically Engineered dinosaurs, was abandoned And the animals were left to exist On their own in the wild After reports of the incident Reached the board of InGen John Hammond, played by Richard Attenborough Invites Ian Malcolm, played by Jeff Goblum, to his residence to discuss a plan of action. Presumably Alan Grant and Ellie Sattler were busy. Hammond, facing the prospect of the island being exploited by his nephew Peter Ludlow, played by Arliss Howard, who now runs the company decides the best thing to do is not to leave this whole thing well the fuck alone, but to enlist four researchers to head to Isla Sauna in order to document the animals in their natural habitat, in order to court public opinion so that maybe in general think about... think twice about doing what he knows they're already in the process of doing. (laughs) (laughs) Malcolm is quite rightly aghast and is just about to tell Hammond where he can shove it when the manipulative old prick... (laughs) Let's slip that one of the researchers he's enlisted is his girlfriend, Sarah Harding, played by Julianne Moore. And she is, in fact, already on the island. Thus, Malcolm is forced to be the leading man in this movie and mount a rescue mission. He joins the expedition's other members, Nick Van Owen, played by Vince Vaughn, and Eddie Carr, played by Richard Schiff. Poor, sweet Eddie. Uh, Clumsily bids adieu to his daughter, Kelly, played by Vanessa Lee Chester and sets sail for the cluster of islands known as the Five Deaths. Once there, they find Sarah almost immediately, but Malcolm struggles to convince her of the danger they're all in and persuade her to return home. Luckily for his case, they quickly discover they're not alone on the island. As well as Kelly stowing away in the high-tech lab van the team have been outfitted with, there is also the small matter of the second InGen team that has apparently been sent to Isla Sauna. Headed up by Ludlow and big game hunter Roland Tembo, played by Pete Possilthwaite, this unit is on the island to gather specimens to take back to San Diego in order to mount a Jurassic Park right on your doorstep, and, in the case of Tembo, to kill a T-Rex for reasons that are of no business of yours. It's personal. Alas, as is often the case in these scenarios, both stupid plans inevitably come unstuck and, when members of each team start being picked off by dinosaurs, the people perpetually fucking underestimate the danger of, an uneasy alliance is formed between the two camps. They therefore have to work together to cross the island and access the communications equipment in the local abandoned village. They just need to be mindful of the T-Rexes, whose sense of territory has expanded as a result of their stupid actions. And Dieter Stark, played by Peter Stormare, an antagonistic Belen stupidly determined to provoke the compies. And the raptors, who've got a penchant for hiding in the long grass and eating people stupid enough to try and get through there. And also Ludlow, who is uh, dissuaded uh, dissuaded by none of this in his mission to take these prehistoric creatures to the US mainland. The Lost World. The Lost World. Beautiful. Beautiful. I just
3: relived the movie. I watched it last night and I just relived it again. That was great. Um. So this I mean, jumping straight in, there's some glaring differences between the novel and the
0: film. Have you have you this both is read interesting? The novel? Well, Andrew lent me the novel, much like in the first episode, mm-hmm. uh, to read ahead of this. But I, I'm such a shit slow reader. I, I got about eighty pages in. But already I can tell there are some pretty, pretty glaring differences, yeah.
3: Yeah, and just like the novel, but um, it's interesting, I was kind of rereading about it before, and I didn't realise that at the time, they had uh, Spielberg and uh, David Koepp were so keen to get another Jurassic going, that they were kind of writing alongside Crichton. Yeah, <laughs> I found that they were and, like, oh, I, well,
2: you do your thing, we'll do ours. <laughs> to your point about the book, Jack, whenever I've read stories about the development of it, I've always felt that, and Spielberg, just weren't sure that Crichton was definitely going to write
0: a book. <laughs> <laughs> the George R. R. Martin approach.
3: <laughs> it did it seem like, like you know, that. Crichton I, definitely, he, he, I don't think he'd ever written a sequel to it. No. He wasn't a fan of the notion of them. No, and I think it took a lot, but I mean, Spielberg at the time, telling you to write a sequel it's gonna have a huge influence on you doing that and Yeah, I do find it interesting that they they both didn't seem to be you know Crichton never seemed disappointed with the movie or mm. anything it's it's its own iteration of his story and I think it's great because David Kep really got to uh, really got to kind of experiment and do his own thing in that universe too which I think was important.
2: Yeah and it is nice reading the kind of because he, he I've got a quote from him about C- uh, this is Crichton on sequels saying like it's a very different structural problem because it has to be the same, but different. If it's really the same, then it's the same. And if it's really different, then it's not a sequel. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's <done> funny into <laughs> inter- intermediate territory. <laughs> and uh, he, would, he talked about like, receiving a lot of like letters from people who mm. decided to become paleontologists because of the fact that they had seen this film and read his book and even kept himself as soon as like, uh, they started talking about a sequel. He, uh, I quite like the um, story that he would pin kids' letters mm. up on his wall that uh, were like, Here's what you should do if you make a sequel. Yeah. Include the T Rex and raptors, then you'll probably be fine. <laughs> also, get to the dinosaurs quicker. And please, can we have a Stegosaurus? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Essentially,
0: no
3: boring shit. Just get to the good stuff ASAP that's yeah. it and rewatching The Lost World you know Lost World's so ingrained in my head but rewatching it yeah. recently you do realise how fast it is even though it's yeah. a kind of it's a two, two hour movie it just jumps right in Tw- literally 20 minutes you're, you're on the island it takes no mm-hmm. time to get there at all
0: and you're, oh shit dinosaur that's it and I think that's one of
3: my favourite parts of Lost World is, is the minute that John Williams uh, Malcolm's Journey theme kicks mm. in when you've got the birds eye shot of the boat on the ocean leading up to Ease of the Sauna That whole Mm. moment, the music and the atmosphere—I'm like, we're heading back there. We're going back to the. (laughs) That's why it's such an exciting movie. I was thinking before, I get the same feeling when sticking on the Lost World that I do when I stick on Brendan Fraser's The Mummy, because it's that Mm. that proper adventure, but mystery, darkness—you don't know what it's going to be—and it's kind of scary, and it's kind of, you know. And I just, yeah, it's a testament to how great this movie is. I could just go on. (laughs) (laughs)
2: that cgi universal logo yeah this was the first film to feature that's (laughs) right with the jerry goldsmith score (laughs) I, i remember you in the last episode jack you mentioned about having the two on video from like a really young age and you would watch them pretty much as a double feature um was it from a young age that this particularly started making a mark like even from the off was it um, something that you always held to a similar level to the first one.
3: Yeah, I think my earliest memories of Jurassic and the Lost World, are the, the two together. I think that's how I was introduced with them was was both of them on VHS, and mm-hmm. I, I remember sitting in front of the TV, sticking in Jurassic Park, probably. probably rewinding it, watching the whole thing, pulling it out, sticking in the Lost World. Watching the whole thing and then putting Jurassic <laughs> well, Park back in, going again, yeah. <laughs> and that's like I have so many vivid memories of just rewatching them again and again. I just love both of them equally. So obviously, for me, there's a lot of nostalgia mm. and bias there, but I still I do think it holds up just as well. And uh, that's why it's tough reading things like, oh Spielberg thought he was you know, he was a bit disengaged when he was making the movie. You read yeah. that kind of, oh, he's, mm. there was that quote that nobody, I don't think anybody can ever source this quote, but he said he attributed it to working on a burger stand or something. And I'm um, like, I can't believe that. You watch the making of that movie, you can't see Spielberg, like, thinking this is boring, this isn't for me. You know? <laughs> They all just mm-hmm. seem to have so much fun, but yeah, I don't know. It's just so exciting. <laughs>
0: Can I ask? Do you guys remember? I know we were very, very young. Uh, do you remember at all the the time it actually came out in the cinema? Do you remember that summer?
2: Yeah. Sort of. Not really. Like it wasn't one that I ever. I don't think I. I was only what, four at the time, mm. so I don't think my. It was ever one that was going to be on the radar to go, particularly after it was reports coming out that it was a darker movie. <laughs> um. So it was very much one I saw at home for the first yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Um.
0: Do you remember uh,
3: it in in cinema,
0: Josh? I never saw it in the cinema. I I remember the summer of 97. That's one of my earliest memories is that because Men in Black came out, (laughs) B in the Ultimate Disaster movie came out, Hercules (laughs) came out, all three of which I did see in the cinema and have um, semi-spotty memories of. This one I really wanted to see because it looked really cool. But my cousin, who was a bit older than me, have invoked a couple of times on the podcast, he saw it and he told me that it was really scary and really violent. And that alone was enough to get in my head and and give you the heebie-jeebies. So I, I didn't <laughs> watch it. <little> <laughs> I never saw it in the cinema. I watched it uh, probably on video, like you, when it came out. And and even then, it, it was because it is. We'll get to this, uh, you know, after when we get into our main bit. But some of the imagery in this film, uh, particularly blood, um, uh, uh, it's dark. Yeah, like blood. Um, what's the word I'm looking for, sort of uh, dissipating throughout water, trickling through mm. water. That really stuck in my head. And, and a particular writer of this film's Grizzly demise at the end of the film in San Diego <laughs> <laughs> really stuck in my head and really fucking freaked me out. So yeah, I, I remember I believe, uh, the David atmosphere come to this. around the film.
2: Yeah. Un- uh, unlucky bastard, I think is credit.
3: <laughs> yeah. That's the credit, yeah. <laughs> and that, oh, God, the sound. That's it, course. though. I think that's the perfect way to describe it. The atmosphere of The Lost World is, is like a character in itself. Mm. Going to that island, it feels like when you go to Skull Island, you know, that feeling of cloud, know, mm. wow, mystery, and everything. I, mean, I think The Lost World, mixed with the score and everything and the darkness of it, um, that's what I like. Jurassic Park's dark, but visually, You know, Dean Cundy lit it like Mm. kind of like a theme park. You know, it's meant to be a little bit brighter. And uh, that was such a drastic difference going into The Lost World. um, They had Kaminsky shoot it. It was Spielberg's Mm. second film with Kaminsky, but first film storyboarded with Kaminsky. So they had real time to play it. And I think it shows. It's it's visually so different to the first Jurassic, Mm -hmm. which I think really helps. Make it a sequel as well. It's not like retreading in a rainforest. That's another thing. The whole production design, they chose a completely different environment for the second Mm -hmm. island. Um, And that was part of Rick Carter's decision, thinking um, something that, you know, it was attributed to those letters as well. Thinking about dinosaurs in the habitat they actually would have been in, they probably wouldn't have been in rainforests. I think the science at the time was saying. Yeah, I'm probably I'm probably watching all this, but the paleontology no, was saying. No, that, no, you very
2: much I think on the broad the broad strokes of it is it, correct because like a lot of them believe they were more around ferns and like mm-hmm. like the forest, of kind of
3: the redwoods
2: and things very, like that. Exactly, and just kind of like kind of hot and steamy forest,
3: mm. but not necessarily rainforest. Yeah, Um, and I think that was such a good choice for The Lost World to to make that visual change, um, give the island its own identity as well. Mm -hmm. It's really exciting. (laughs) Because I think, like,
2: one of the main things, of course, that they bring over from the book is the fact that it is this lost world borrowing from Arthur Conan Doyle, a world where dinosaurs have thrived and it's supposed to be this kind of area and environment which is more in keeping with what dinosaurs would have actually existed in um and i i never knew this until i was kind of like going into this how close they were to shooting this in new zealand ahead of uh uh ending up going for the tax benefits of california
4: (laughs) (laughs) yeah
3: For sure, they also tried that with uh, the third Jurassic. I think that at one point in really? time they were going to shoot in New Zealand and then it, they just thought Hawaii mm-hmm. makes sense. But, Back um, to Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, so interesting. I think I've read Rick Carter um, kind of travelled around went well, on a bunch of vacations <laughs> having <laughs> a look at different places. i oh, the world, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'll go into a bit more detail that I've got here about uh, the kind of how much has kind of sprung into action from that uh, sequel going, like the idea of the sequel novel kind of coming ahead. Because as soon as like Crichton got that together, Crichton was like famously a very fast writer. So he announced he was doing it in like March 94. And then it was out in September 95, which is pretty... I like, ah, got an idea. Bada bing bada boom. <laughs> <We're gonna get laughs> pretty it fast track. Yeah. <laughs> um and it remained on uh, like a top seller's list for close to eight weeks after its release. So the book was a big hit, perhaps unsurprisingly. And a production team was assembled pretty soon after um Crichton's, Crichton had announced that he was working on it in spring ninety five, in fact, ahead of it being uh, officially released as a novel. Um, with Spielberg himself fully attaching himself as a as director in November ninety five, ending his uh, hiatus as he had not been attached to anything since Schindler's List uh, wrapped back in 1993. Um, in what was probably a very good uh, business deal, Spielberg and Crichton agreed to forego upfront fees for a share of the back-end profit. Um, whilst Kep's deal was said to be the most luc- lucrative for an adaptation at the time, with uh, the fee in the region of two million. Um, we spoke in our last episode a bit about how David Kep has managed to kind of force this uh, identity in being right a guy. He's <laughs> getting the big bucks.
0: <laughs> Learning a lot from Spielberg in many ways. Do we know um, what it was that eventually did? Because obviously, it's worth pointing out that Spielberg was launched. This is the year that DreamWorks launched properly in terms of its slate of releases. Do we know what it was that that motivated him to actually come and direct it as a uh,
2: producer? From what I could gather, and I got like this is largely from reading uh, that James Mottram's uh, ultimate visual history for Jurassic Park. I'm sure I don't have to tell Trusted mm. Park fans listening that that is very much a, a holy a holy tomb <laughs> that you should all possess. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he largely talks about how uh Spielberg after Schindler's list he describes himself as becoming more of a man of the world, someone who's less selfish as he's setting up like the Shoah Foundation after um Schindler to really uh mm-hmm. commit to preserving history in a way that he hasn't quite done like never really been interested in as a businessman and as a filmmaker before and he was also it is around this time as well because 97 we should note is one of the spielberg's uh two for years as he also had amistad yes out in 97 which was the first dreamworks movie it or at the very least the first one he it w- did it, w- it was <laughs> the first that he
0: did yeah the first was the Mimi Leader film, um, not paycheck. It begins with P- Peacemaker. Ah, that was the first three film officially.
2: <laughs> but to the end of that quote, um, Spielberg said that before going into something like Amistad, he needed to um wet his whistle. And he's even spoken about on production of this feeling like he was kind of um almost like shaking the rust off a bit as as they were moving along uh for what was a pretty um pretty well structured and scheduled production as like similarly to the first one this came in under under um scheduling time um he, he's uh, got most of his cast together pretty much from first choices granted he is Steven Spielberg <laughs> <laughs> post post Oscar post Oscar indeed Imposter, <laughs> yes, imposter. <Yes>, <laughs> um, the main thing I think that was the hardest thing to wrangle was the script. From most of what I could gather in the in the reading materials, uh, Kep ultimately wrote nine drafts of it. Um, with with one of the bigger elements being that changed quite a lot throughout uh, production was how the film was going to end with the San Diego sequence, very much coming from Spielberg deciding. Um, that an idea that they were kind of toying around for if they were to ever do another film was an idea he actually wanted to do in this one because he didn't think he'd want to direct another Jurassic movie after this. So he was like, I want to have my Godzilla moment, so let's put it at the end
0: of this one. <laughs> 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 let's just uh, tack it on there. Uh,
2: yeah. So yeah, it was, I think, quite a workaround for Kep, who like very much just used just that Crichton, Set up of that like island of Site B and use that as a kickoff to kind of build his own tale around, as you've highlighted in your synopsis, Josh's kind of like tale of human greed and kind of hu- again just kind mm-hmm. of expanding on the first film's idea of hubris, uh, with a bit more of a safari edge, shall we say? <laughs>
4: yeah. yeah.
0: And that (laughs) that idea of the two uh, warring factions that was in the book, right? But yeah, Dodson's bio thingy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Poor Dodgson keeps getting cut out of the movies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they They finally brought him back. Not his day in the sun. (laughs) Was it? Um. Oh, what's his face? The guy from Singles, Campbell Scott. Yeah. Was it Campbell
3: Scott in the in the yeah? It was pretty. He was pretty good actually. As Dodgson. yeah, he's quite good. Yeah, I like him. But he played it well. It's hard to know how to play a character that was in the film for you know, <laughs> cameo, but um, yeah, you're right. In the book, it was Biosh and Versus Biosin, that's all, yeah. uh, uh, the main characters, um, and Spielberg and kept kind of wanted to simplify it, keep it the same. Um, there's no real; they've never really said why they mm. cut out Biosin. Um but there, Spielberg's always talked about how the canister that Nedry dropped in the first Jurassic Park that was always the sequel hook. And then they didn't use that in The Lost World. And then they didn't use it in Jurassic Park 3. and It was always going to be the Jurassic Park 4 hook. Mm. And then it never, it never was used. So somewhere on that island was this can of DNA. But I guess we have a solution.
2: Yeah, just a bit of a, ah, there it is. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. no. Oh, it's just on its shelf. Okay, cool. Stop asking about it now. You <laughs> must there have it got is. it. Yeah. <laughs> That's it.
3: That's it. <laughs> Um, but I think it's such a great um, unveiling as well. You know, expanding the lore mm. of India and expanding the lore of the dinosaurs and the science, and they were bred somewhere completely different to the theme park island, and it just it creates even more mystery to it. So when you're heading to that island, you've got less of an idea what you know what they're going to mm. get themselves into. It's
2: certainly the strongest element of the script, and I think uh, particularly the area that Kep himself felt the most uh, sure of, shall we say? I I think it um pointed to the african film haitari as the as a point of inspiration of this kind of again this idea of uh environmentalists versus hunters in a space where animals are uh left to kind of have to deal with this invading uh presence on the island that is theirs for all intents and purposes
3: yeah that's right there's i think there's quite a lot of reference from that movie in fact um like direct in the roundup sequence, yeah. you know, kind of capturing dinosaurs. I think there's a load of references there pulled directly from. Is it? Atari? I think so. Let me double check my notes. <laughs> I've had to open up yeah. all my <laughs> phone because I keep freezing. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. got. Okay. I got, Atari <laughs> got to the See the 1960s As soon as film. I <laughs> said it, I was like, "Is that the right
2: name?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. No, that's it's it's really interesting if you watch that movie and you kind of see. lot of that sequence, how they pulled it and used reference from the animals in that to kind of size up I guess how dinosaurs would be against these vehicles. Um, And that whole sequence in The Lost World is so, so fun. The roundup, It just, it never stops. You have that conversation Uh, between between Roland and... and I'm definitely going to use that (laughs) clip
2: (laughs) somewhere in this episode because (laughs) it's pure Pete Postle's weight magic.
0: (laughs) I, what is it? It says exactly like uh, my my pay will be the tyrannosaur for reason I won't tell you why. Yeah, a male, a buck, male, <laughs> a buck. <Yeah. laughs> Cancel that order. What? Why? This is a game trail, Mister Ludlow. Carnivores hunt on game trails. Do you want to set up base camp or a buffet?
2: Let's find a new spot, shall we? Over and out, Peter.
0: If you want me to run your little camping trip, there are two conditions. Firstly, I'm in charge, and when I'm not around, Dieter is. All you need to do is sign the cheques, tell us we're doing a good job, and open your case of scotch when we have a good day. Second condition, my fee. You can keep it. All I want in exchange
2: for my services is the right to hunt one of the tyrannosaurs. A male, a buck only. How and why
0: are my business. Now, if you don't like either of those two conditions, you're on your own. So go ahead set up base camp right here, or in a swamp, or in the middle of a wreck's nest, for all I care, but I've been on too many safaris with rich dentists to listen to any more suicidal ideas. Okay.
1: Okay!
3: It's just such a great, like, telling off. And I think that's something that, Yeah. while I was watching it this time, uh, I noticed even more so, you know, the characters in this movie, ev- the chemistry between everybody is There, there's always something going on. You never feel like there's never a dull moment in the film. There's never a it never kind of it, it slows down, obviously, it allows you to breathe, but it just constantly mm. keeps moving. And I love that it does that. It, it feels like it would, I guess, if you were on an island full of dinosaurs trying to run away and <laughs> get
2: the hell yeah. away
3: from there. That's what it would Go, feel bit, like. again
2: going back to those letters that like both Crichton and Kep were having kept having the dinosaur action is very much upped. Um, In this, there's lots more effect shots than the first time out. Um, Still have Stan Winston and his team putting in uh, their animatronics and puppetry. And for the most part, there's still that very strong balance between the CGI effect and the practical effect. Um, Slightly more so edging towards CG uh, than the first time out, if only because for the sheer number of them. But even that, like, even like reading about like Stan Winston's workshop, not just relying on doing the same designs and just having two T Rexes in and of itself being such a big challenge when the first one was (laughs) such a pain in the neck to
3: begin with. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I think that's what's another thing that's uh, great about the movie is that the whole focus on animals behavior and the whole nurturing, the parenting and the nurturing. Um, It's such a theme throughout the film, you know, with the stegosaurs and then the tyrannosaur family. And that's completely elevated from the first Jurassic, where in theory they're all female, so there are no families. There's just kind of, I guess, units Mm. of raptors, (laughs) like a group. But in this, you get to see actual families and the male and female behavior. and um, Something my friend Chris always says, but the sexual dimorphism of the dinosaurs is so prevalent in the film. You see the different species and you see the different um genders and how they're portrayed and i think that's just another testament to the whole art department of that movie and stan winston's crew for designing they go so in depth into the dinosaur designs even for the ones that are so far in the background you never see um yeah i just love that mm-hmm. aspect of the movie i love the whole family the t-rex family it's so great one of my, <laughs> I mean, I, I, cars on the table have
0: a slightly more mixed feelings about this, I think, than you, especially the end, which we'll get to eventually. But one of my favourite moments in the film is when, spoiler little listeners, baby yeah. T-Rex eats uh, Ludlow <laughs> and the, the, the mummy T-Rex looks on with, with, it's like she smiles. She looks on with such pride. That's it. <laughs> it's, such, it's such a lovely little moment. Beautiful, beautiful <laughs> <Yeah>. moment. <laughs>
3: Parental, paternal bonding. It's very, very sweet. Yeah, and the movie, you know, it's it's kind of full of that. You see it throughout, and you imagine as well the things that happened on the ship before that moment. The, the whole, you know, a lot of the crew were killed, and kind of makes you wonder: was the baby T-Rex down <laughs> <on> the <plane? laughs> getting hungry? <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, because <laughs> they 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 say that the baby T-Rex is on the plane. Yeah, don't I think, they? I, Am I right in thinking there's a Rumors of a cu- is there a deleted scene, scene with in a raptor which... on the on the boat, and they yeah. were like, "There's too many dinosaurs." I think that's <laughs> what it is. That's right.
3: So there's that was always the, I, I don't know what you want to call it, but it's a little bit of a weird one. You know, the crew died. Yeah. the T Rex ha- couldn't have gotten <laughs> that small. Crew left his room. hand on the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I'm, when I was yeah. young, I was used to think that. Uh, I guess there were raptors on the boat that snuck on, and then maybe they snuck off and. Maybe that's what the third movie should yeah, have maybe fill in that plot up. hole. You know, in '97, Raptors actually got out too, but yeah, who knows? I kind of, um, I, yeah. I think that, j-
2: hole, <laughs> so, I quite like... I, I think that just speaks to the it. nature of the kind of sudden demand for this final act, um, mere weeks before shooting was about to begin. To yeah. then design yeah, the yeah, sequence. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But I do, I do think as well that the, these kind of oversights that remain in the film somehow baked into it. They add a level of mystery that is almost in and of itself a satisfying end. Like the whole thing in um, Reservoir Dogs when it, it doesn't really make... Yeah, at the very very end when, I guess, spoiler for a film that's 30 years old when they all kill each other at the end in the Mexican standoff And it doesn't really make sense because the final person wouldn't have been shot and on the set it was a squib <laughs> malfunction. But they kept it in. The film and it gives it a nice sort of sense of mystery that I think this film also has in <laughs> the fact that it doesn't quite make sense how mm-hmm. the crew on the ship. <laughs> no, all where, Vince,
3: all where Vince Vaughn characters. Uh, Vince just Vaughn's goes, character. Yeah. <laughs> at
4: the
3: end he just yeah. is gone. And based on his character, he probably wouldn't have done that. He would have stuck around to help out. Missing that hunky hunky bit. It doesn't feel <laughs> like it was shot like a year later yeah. and, <laughs> and they just got together, together whoever they could. <laughs> But I get the sense, Josh, that you're not the biggest fan of that whole third act, that whole sequence.
0: It's a a weird one. Um, I'm trying to find the quote from uh, Kep where he talks about how eventually when Spielberg decided he wanted to have that end, like Andy said, weeks before the cameras started rolling, Kep was quite insistent that he the scene would only work for a short period of time yeah. before becoming unbelievable. But I almost think the inverse, it just feel, it, it feels very, very tacked on to me. And the way it unfolds and then is resolved, it feels weirdly hollow and weirdly small scale and not quite as important or grandiose or, or sort of substantial as you might expect from a T-Rex being let loose in San Diego. There's just something about it that feels a little bit off to me. This final chunk.
3: Hmm. I mean, I understand that. And I understand uh, how it does feel a little like it comes out of nowhere. But I think I just, I love the San Diego sequence. And I think if it hadn't had it, people would have felt like The Lost World was kind of a mm. of the first film. Especially ending yeah. escaping the island you, in a helicopter. You hear that. I think it was a wise choice to, to kind of change the game. And also bring a dinosaur to a city for a very short period of time. Nobody wants a dinosaur ripping down buildings and, you know, rampaging through a busy city. But what we do get in San Diego, I think, uh, kind of ticks the box. And then you don't want to see it again. But it it kind of did it all for me. Um, Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) I mean, it's cool. The the image of a T-Rex walking down the suburbs, that speaks, I mean, that must have been a key trailer image. That really takes me the back to T-Rex ninety-seven TV spots, out
2: over the San Diego skyline. I can particularly yes! remember that. From. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that is one of the kind of big things for me for this movie. More so before I ever saw it were like the toys. And the the PS1 Mm, game, yes, Yes. (laughs) which is so hard. The best, (laughs) yeah. No, you can't complete it. We we played it last time. uh, Like one time, you came over to London, Jack, and we had to skip through all the levels because we couldn't get past
3: (laughs) any. (laughs) I'm I'm just convinced you can't. (laughs) Have you ever played it, Josh? (laughs) Yeah, that guy, That's yeah. Mike Giacchino as well, who composed yeah, the yeah. score for oh, that. Oh, for real! Wow. He wow. did a couple no. of
2: Lost World mm-hmm. games, PlayStation games, and a Small Soldiers game. Wow. <laughs> so-
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which we'll get back to in a couple of episodes time. Now, I never played it, but speaking of the merchandise, I, I, this was the first. I think this and Hercules mm. were the first big pop culture merchandise saturations for me as a kid. I've got a bloody. Um, leather arch folder that's Lost World yeah, branded. I had a, a pencil bag. case that's Lost World branded. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I had pajamas. Did we all have that, that pencil that like, uh, was like branded. the heat
2: changing one when. <laughs> oh, I had a bunch of, Oh, that is cool.
0: <laughs> but it was so pervasive, and I think that a lot of the San Diego sequence, the imagery in that does feel geared towards merchandise to me. Particularly like the the shot you said, Andy, of. Of the T Rex roaring mm-hmm. over the San Diego Bay, it feels like the thing you'd see on a TV spot when you're eating your cereal in the morning before yeah, going to school.
2: Totally. Well I think when you also like weigh up the um, fact that this movie's budget is a pretty for the the a movie of this size is a pretty modest seventy mil. And then Universal yeah. go like we're going to spend two hundred and fifty million on, 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 on merchandising <laughs> alone. <laughs>
0: that is staggering. Hoping for
3: promotional profits that exceeded <laughs> one billion, they nearly did it. It was big at the time. The only, the only, because obviously you know I grew up on Guernsey, so there wasn't much, um, yeah, in mm. stores, for example. But I do remember a trip must have been either the summer of 97 or the summer of 98, going to Legoland in the UK. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to a store, and I have a vivid memory of the store shelf being edge-to-edge Lost World. And I picked up, me and my, all my cousins got Lost World toys, and I remember picking up one of the vehicles. And I think that's the only time in my childhood I saw Jurassic, like, mm. toys on shelves. Yeah. so weird, cuz now they're just everywhere. <laughs> I was just in the natural <laughs> the history Jurassic Museum World yesterday. stuff. Is just <laughs> the, 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 the Jurassic Park gift <laughs> shop in there at the minute.
4: <laughs> oh yeah. That's how why yeah. you went? Yeah, I also saw the t <laughs> Yeah, it was alright.
2: It was a lot of stuff I seen saw, before, but uh, I uh, like the I like the gate and the and the decals as it were. I liked the I liked more the set dressing <laughs> than anything else. <laughs> it does. It I did does say, seem like take take some part pictures part actually. I meant to send either. send them over to you. I'll make sure to do that after this. But uh... <laughs> yeah, whenever there's something in London, I yeah, okay, uh... get. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
0: they had that giant mouth. Oh yeah, mountain. yeah, right by Tower Bridge.
3: I never saw that <laughs> in the flesh. Annoyingly. If you hadn't known about that ahead of time, just walking up and seeing that, <laughs> the hell is happening. Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> um. So, favorite sequence mm. in the Lost World. Right? I, I, I If not, I bet it's all going to
0: be the same one, right? <laughs>
3: uh, okay. should, should, we, should we say it on three?
0: Okay, one. Two, trailer three. over the cliff edge, dangling. Trailer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got to I be. I wonder how you were going <laughs> to Yeah, <be>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got to be. I think that image of Julianne Moore on the cracking glass is one of Spielberg's best images in his entire filmography.
3: It's just, it's uh, Hitchcock would be proud mm-hmm. of that for sure. That whole sequence, I, I love the shot. Uh, you know, the whole one shot he mm. comes out of the trailer, oh. ties the rope, goes back through the trailer as the camera follows him. I
2: sounded like it was so hard.
3: The filming of that scene, yeah, yeah.
0: Reading about how they shot that scene, how long it took and how close they came yeah. to just giving up 50. on it. it oh, so yeah, crazy. yeah. <laughs> That's
3: wild, yeah. But that, it, it's so worth it, that whole scene yeah, totally. of tension that builds... And You just know it's coming. They're coming. <laughs> the family's oh, coming. Jesus Christ! Yeah, and and
0: it, that's that gets to um, to what you're saying about how mean mm. and dark and just fundamentally cruel this film is. Poor sweet Eddie, who's maybe the noblest character in the film. Even when he's being attacked by a Mummy and Daddy T Rex, he's still trying to save the, his mates that are over the cliff. It's so, and he gets maybe the grisliest yeah, he
2: death gets in the film, pr- too. properly torn into, doesn't he?
0: Properly
3: like taught into. It's so Ripped cruel. Apart. Yeah. 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 Oh. It is. It's a very cool yeah. great, <laughs> <I> re- <laughs> great He's, he's
2: my favourite character in this, I think, Eddie. <laughs> I mean he's really funny. Yeah. I mean he's quite sweet. Uh he's ultimately on the right just trying to do the right thing. He's taking a job. Uh he's in over his head like everyone is. But um I think it's also just because <laughs> it has my favorite line reading, which means you got stuck on Jack for, um, for a long time after, when we were watching this back of my old flat one time where um, they're on the cliff edge and they see the helicopters coming in and he's looking at them through the binoculars and he just goes, hey, it says engine on the side of that chopper. And I don't get it. I hand and send two teams. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, so, it's well, it? <laughs> 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 That's what I mean there the chemistry between, you know, both the Gatherer team and the Hunters team. Yeah. Like the, the work like Cap just wrote the hell out of that movie. Just constant on it. Um and I love when after the trailer sequence, when they pull the survivors up yeah. back yeah. over the cliff. And then there's all the confrontations. Like, you're looking for a problem? <laughs> found you the knife and all that. <laughs> yeah. It's just so great that even with all this around them, yeah. they're still conflicting yeah. as just human beings would. Vince born uh,
0: being a cocky bastard. <laughs> yeah. What, what Speaking of the characters and the way kept wrote them, though, my my favourite character, maybe because I love him and miss him so much, is uh, oh, Roland I Tambo. I do love him. Yeah, he and is great. The thing that made me realise how much I liked him was when... Um, you know when uh Peter Stormore gets killed by the yeah. compies and they send uh, I think he hangs back to try and find his body then then he comes and he tells the select, select few people yeah exactly and he says uh don't tell the girl and I thought that's what what a sweet little considerate yeah, thing for you, you to do Just, just to could just bit to an mind.
2: asshole in his yeah no one tell the girl but, but
0: yeah and it gives, it gives them a little bit... And also, I realise too, he's the only person in the film, pretty much, who's level and straight with everyone. He never lies. He's always very upfront about yeah. what it is he's there for. And he, even if it's not noble or not good, he's very, very upfront. And, uh, I, I, you know, he's got a... I think Pete Pufflesway, as, as a performer, is very, very... What's the word? He's got a lot of mm-hmm. integrity. And that really helps make this character someone who... He's, he's oh, very good at... I love him. He's great. ...grounding into a world... That's the thing he, mm, he yeah. he's not a he's not a villain as such no, he's, no, you know one of
3: the movie's villains he's not he's he's his own he's a human being.
0: He is yeah in my head it was much more villainous but watching it again he's just a guy who's there for a reason and he never has to um any airs or graces about what that reason is. To
2: clip my feet. <laughs> not, not film, and, uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Just want to kill a T-Rex, man.
3: And and his whole line at the end his last line to Pablo. Spent enough time in the company of death. Yeah, just what a the yeah. of death. What a great character. Yes.
0: Yeah, and he's just good that his best mate got killed because in because of Lidlow's stupid cronies not listening to what he was saying. Stay uh, out of the long grass. Ah, fuck sake. Yeah,
3: <laughs> bless him. Um, did you have you seen the two deleted scenes? I have indeed. Have, did you
0: check them out, Josh? Oh, I haven't. No, no, no! I didn't. No, fill me in. Give me a give me a an hour representation.
3: Well, I'm not sure exactly why these two sequences specifically were are you know were available on the DVD because there's a lot more that they filmed for the film filmed for the film mm. that didn't um, make it in. But they, if you, as far as I'm aware, if you're watching the movies at the Universal Parks on the TVs in the hotel rooms or whatever, mm. um, they have these two sequences back in. Mm-hmm. So, right. After the scream on the beach, when the little girl gets you know whatever by compies, it then transitions instead of going to Malcolm, it transitions to a boardroom scene, an in-gen boardroom scene where one of the one of the guys sat there this yeah. morning, and that's the transition. I'm glad right. the, the same okay. effect is okay. so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. coming. Nice yeah. yeah, it's a good. It's a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is great. But it's it's actually yeah no it's it's cool. Then there's a, there's a whole sequence where Ludlow's just kind of going over what happened to the original Jurassic Park, and it gives you some backstory. They talk about how the island was destroyed, but there's another scene where you're introduced to Roland, and he's at some, I can't remember, it's like an outdoor Yeah, kind of scene I think they're the waiting area. to
2: travel, like, waiting for a, know, not the boat, but they must
3: be waiting for the helicopter. I, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's where he he introduces you to RJ basically, and invites RJ to join him on this journey. And you have a nice I think it's kind of introduction a shame to the character. Not in you learn there. a bit more about Roland. Mm. Yeah, it shows you. It kind of gives you the like understanding. He's a big game hunter, but he's a good guy. He's always had a good relationship with RJ. And yeah, yeah it is a shame that it's not in there. I, if you if you're able to watch the movie mm. with that scene in,
2: because um, am I right in thinking well. that it's also Same shown the on like? Scene fox and like some networks have actually screened it that way with the two scenes in yeah i believe so i think that's
3: where a lot of the copies of mm. youtube came from is people noticed it was being played on tv like that but i've no idea if they still do it now i just know that somebody told me the other day that they still play it that way at the park. so if you go to a universal park i think in ottawa or something they'll play those scenes in yeah. i find really fascinating I've, i didn't realize they
2: were <laughs> no one no, no one from universal is thought to be like Anyone know that's happening? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
3: (laughs) But there's a lot of deleted scenes, like any movie, but in The Lost World, I think especially, they it was such a hefty script and there was so much going on and they cut a lot of interaction. Even scenes, you know, where they're they're letting out the dinosaurs from the hunters camp. Yeah. They start opening all the cages. There's a whole extension to that where they cut the fuel lines of all the vehicles and things Uh like that, which is which kind of explains why they don't have any vehicles out there. After that whole section, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. The 30th anniversary of Jurassic Park. Hopefully, Universal are
2: able. To... Yeah, there has got to be, got to be a, in a yeah. vault somewhere. For city. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Spielberg's
3: <laughs> private vault.
0: Did you, um, <laughs> did you say what your favourite sequence or, or or element was, Jack?
3: the trailers is is definitely fun, yeah but yeah. i think it's really hard to pinpoint for the lost world mm. um i love the sequence where they're heading into the workers village and the velociraptors attack i love the whole cuz you kind of the whole movie you've kind of been waiting for the raptors yeah, yeah, to have yeah. their moment and it doesn't mm. disappoint that sequence oh the
0: shot in the long grass of of the guys running through the middle and being flanked on every side from raptors that, that is that's what that's why spielberg is, who he is terrifying it's
3: terrifying yeah. They're just there. All of a sudden, <laughs> <laughs> jeez. Yeah, no. I think that sequence, um, like, it's it's all great. Honestly, I have a lot of love for the San Diego sequence as well. Mm-hmm. Movie,
2: um, it's got a good level movie, of like, visual wit to it. I think that I think people maybe letting the film's more harsher detractors always see it as this kind of tacked on, lazy. Um. Moment of spectacle, but there's a lot of visual wit going on in the sequences where that it's that it's a bit too fun to really for for myself anyway to really write it off as like just a tacked on thing because I can't I, I love me a fake film post.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say yeah, I was gonna bring up the posters. Like, there's one that I saw, definitely a fake film um, starring Robin Williams Jack called and the Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, hang on. No, was, was Francis it, was it, <laughs> Ford Coppola. Yeah, I, was, no, was it not it was Ford? A Ford Coppola i think movie. playing off of that. Oh. I was trying to do a, a bit, but clearly <laughs> it's me. I've been pushed. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I saw the King Lear one with Arnett.
2: Nothing can come of nothing. Speak again, non-guides. Stand <laughs> up to <laughs> <every> <laughs> bastards to have a thankless child. <laughs> Thou shalt not have the bold... <laughs> <laughs> the has been wise. <laughs>
0: wow! You were waiting for someone to bring that up, weren't you? You had, had to that primed and ready. Uh, I... <laughs> I promised uh, my,
2: the listeners crikey. back in the—I want to say the inner space episode—that I was going to do that on the money somewhere in the
0: '80s. I promised I was going to do that. <laughs> 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 But I think an, an image in that San Diego scene that I think speaks to where Spielberg is with this film is the fact that he kills the dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's yeah, in, that, he, one's a, that one's a challenging one, isn't it? He's no. in dark mode. He's, de- dark. he's definitely in a much meaner mode than he was last time around. Even in so far as including, the opening scene of this film is from the first book and he, he cut that because it was a bit too gruesome, right? And, and the fact that he opens mm. with that this time immediately says out of store that if this is something that's going to be a bit... Yeah, the compies really get their yeah, moment in this one. More story. unforgiving. Because
2: again, even the um, Peter Stormer's, uh, Dieter's uh, death is taken, verbatim mm. pretty much from John Hammond's death in the original novel. Again, because Spielberg loved Richard Attenborough too much, so he stepped away from all that element of darkness in that character. But all the all those darker impulses yeah. do get recycled here. And <laughs> I do yeah. think it's interesting because yeah. I kept thinking a lot about Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom when I was watching this because they are they are really similar. <laughs> They're both ferociously paced, both much more dark than kind of I, any other e- entry in the franchises, both before and after it. Um, and mm. I, it does speak to a, a headspace that Spielberg's in at. Uh, those respective points in his career
0: yeah was it was it in Indiana Jones was it Temple of Doom where he had his eight or was it Raiders where he had his um, similar kind of not breakdown but existential uh, Temple of
2: Doom he did just after he got divorced both him and George Lucas had just both gotten divorced and then they went straight into Temple of Doom yeah and <laughs> and, <laughs>
0: which is a real yeah Yeah, I wonder. I reckon maybe with this one, it was just about to go into business with Geffen and Katzenberg, thinking, "What what have I done? This is no fun."
3: I think um, it definitely aided the Lost World. I think going darker with it, Mm. slightly different tone, but following the same Mm -hmm. kind of path as Jurassic, I think was really important for the sequel to survive. That's why. Maybe JP three isn't quite considered as good, you know. It's it's more horror. Yeah, that's more of the out B
2: movie. And, that I think a lot of people read this yeah. one as. If that makes sense.
3: I definitely that for a long time that the Lost World was always, at least online, it was considered like not a great sequel. I, but I think people may have been misremembering how fantastic the movie really is when you watch it back to back. With the first one. Um, <laughs> I think it
2: plays just as well. I, I just think there's too much inherently done to... like there's t- the filmmaking's too good for one to for me to ever really write it off. Because uh, there are a lot of people who would say this is like the worst thing Spielberg's put his name to and I'm like, You you haven't watched enough. You Absolutely. haven't watched enough. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That that is that. Uh, who is saying on, that? Who, who are those people who say that? <laughs> He's credited on, that <laughs> on the media page. I, I can tell you from doing shame from from doing this podcast alone. I can tell you that it's categorically <laughs> untrue. There are at least two, at least two spiel three. Four Spielberg films <laughs> that are markedly worse than this do Film one. critic Tim Brayton <laughs> that described we've covered. Is readily the worst
2: thing Steven Spielberg has ever
0: made. <laughs> Named and shamed. <laughs> They're wrong. Listen, listen, fella. Hook. Yeah? Oh, man. Or well,
3: anything.
0: <laughs> <is> not, not, <laughs> uh, <laughs> not my Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> well, well. Oh, that's a that's an argument for a whole different episode. <laughs> it, it, it's like all
2: kind of echoed in the film's even immediate response because, yes, it made a shit ton of money, the biggest opening weekend of all time at that point. Um, held the record records a number of years for like the best Saturday and the best Sunday. Held the best Memorial Day like Memorial Day weekend record for ages and was the second highest grossing film of ninety seven. Um behind a certain Titanic when it went on to gross six hundred and eighteen point five million worldwide um still very good um particularly for a film of its budget um less said maybe about the marketing budget but still still a feb a feb little bit shy of the first one, and it did drop off quicker. there seemed to be less of a repeat value for audiences but i and I think a lot of even a lot of critics at the time kind of felt that it was something a bit more visual effects pushed than it was character pushed and even even some of the quotes point to that kind of darker tinge as being something a little more off-putting this time out and I think that's what you can kind of put down as well to that less repeat value perhaps at the box office but I, I do think that those because it does have flaws I do think the setup is hasty to the point where it's like you it almost loses you but getting you back to the island and the the, there's no kind of escaping that the final act does feel like it's some someone just going like i want to do this now (laughs) 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 let's do that now thank you but for all it's i think all its flaws make it this kind of It feels like an angsty, moody teenager of the franchise, and like particularly considering (laughs) where it's gone on (laughs) in later years with the uh, Jurassic World trilogy, I'm forever more grateful for the film that The Lost World is because it is refusing to kind of do pat-for-pat the same thing. It is going for something that feels a bit more mature and feels like a director who's not interested in doing the same thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think that the big difference that I spot this time around is there is a lot of of something that looks a bit like Spielberg face, which is mm. that that um, sort of close up of a character staring in wonder at something, and there was a lot of that in the first film, which worked as that film, much like Williams' score, was about building up a sense of wonder. This time, the Spielberg face is one of fear and apprehension, and every time you get one of those Spielberg uh, shot, um, Spielberg face esque shots it is a character looking over the horizon thinking oh fuck <laughs> the next thing is going to come and we are in big trouble and i think that alone makes this much more interesting than the big detractors would accuse of because i do agree with you i i, I find the setup very hard to swallow of this one and i as i've said struggle with the end but that whole middle chunk where it's just set piece stacked upon set piece of uh, increasing grisliness and, and almost unbearable tension. It's some really special <laughs>
3: filmmaking that we get to see. And I think going back to your earlier point, you were reading, Jay, about uh, the VFX and how that was commented on in early reviews. How this one was obviously much more pushed for VFX, but you can watch that movie now and it seems seamless. The VFX is, is exceptional and obviously going darker and hiding a lot in shadow. Uh, you evade a lot of the uh, realities of CG um, by doing that. Uh, and I think it's a testament to how good that movie still looks to this day. You, you know, you pull out a dinosaur shot from that movie, pull out a dinosaur shot from Dominion, Jurassic World, or Fallen Kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> it's not a day. It's weird. <laughs> I mean, literally, night and day, a lot of the <laughs> yeah. time as well. Yeah, 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 <laughs> I also yeah, got, like, yeah. Also, forgot how
2: much goddamn rain there is in this
3: movie. as well, oh, <laughs> it's a wet movie. It's wet, <laughs> so good. Wet movie, man. Yeah, yeah. It really is. I think that's that's Jurassic Park. Yeah. for know, it's it's rain. It's the, the ice muddy station, the jungle. You know, the sounds in the distance, the thunderstorm. Lost World is all of that. A mm. uh, hell of think- a lot. It doubles yeah. up on the dinosaurs. I think that's maybe why. Initially, people saw it as, you know, they had this incredible... No, you know, we all know what it was like seeing Jurassic for the first time, but imagine being in cinema watching mm-hmm. it for the first time. That feeling, being blown away. And then four years later, going into it, and then you've, I, I can imagine some people just thought, oh, they've just doubled the T-Rate. Oh, they've yeah. just got two now. You know, it's similar to how we're like, oh, they're just making bigger dinosaurs in the new ones. It's kind of, I imagine people maybe just... Mm. Overlook
2: genie's out the bottle. Time. What
3: do you do? Oh, they're just doing exactly. Yeah. Oh, they just double them up. It's like it's the whole <laughs> subplot about. And behavior, boy hates you. Yeah. you know, and parenting and yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> those people are wrong. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Their opinion is wrong.
2: I think one thing we haven't really touched on at all is the um, both the book's idea and one that the film carries over in having uh, Jeff Goldblum in Malcolm as the lead hero this time out. Um, what are your feelings on that decision and how it plays out in the movie, Jack?
3: I, I've i always been a supporter of um, the characterization of Malcolm in this movie and how drastically he's changed from the first one. That was another thing that people always mentioned about how it, why did the character change so much? To me, after going through what happened in the first movie, he's yeah. not going to be the same person. And then given... All the stuff you're kind of given with Ludlow about how they tried to basically ru- ruined his career, and the whole mm. world kind of saw him as this kook after that. Uh, you know, he's going to be this much more uh, unhappy character. He's not the same person he was in the first movie, and I've always loved that. Mm. And I thought he leads it really well. And I love, obviously, the introduction of his daughter. I love that he's now got to be the one on the lookout.
2: Yeah. I really there's. To kind of your point, um, how the film kind of brings brings in his trauma. Uh
4: <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: trauma. How is it that Curtis is it trauma trauma? trauma? <laughs> but, uh, trauma. There's, it's all there's about this really trauma. nice I think it's it's played played very nicely by the actors in it, um, particularly uh Julianne Moore. There's the part where it's just after they discovered Kelly in the um Trailer and she's and Sarah is trying to still kind of trying to convince Malcolm why why she's come here and why it's safe and why she knows what she's doing and there's a point where he's like oh you got to go up it's a tall the tall it's tall person talk uh, <laughs> um, but then there's a point where she goes to like go out the wind the door and he's like no 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 not out there not there you have to come back you have to come to stay in here and yeah. there's a beat where Julianne Moore kind of looks at how he's reacted there looks to uh kelly and is kind of like okay yeah no this guy is like he's he's really not in a good place for this because of and she from what we can gather is someone who knows about what he went through and knows the kind of physical recovery he's had to go through as well and now his daughter's on the line there as well she's like okay no this mm. is a bad situation but fuck it, I'm staying. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I yeah. was, was, was going to say she
0: she maybe doesn't fully understand yeah. or, or doesn't care to understand because she shows very little Sa- regard for his heat. As, quite, as much as I like Julianne Moore, I mean,
2: her character is quite inconsistent in hell. In, in- <laughs> yeah. She's an
4: asshole.
3: <laughs> <laughs> she's a jerk. You, you could also you could also argue that she's. Partly the reason. She's the t-rex entirely t-rex the reason. It, totally and it's so it's annoying that
0: she's sort of made to be a bit dumber when it, when she needs to be. Like she she carries the T Rex oh God, just taking the T Rex back to the damn trailer. <laughs> that was always gonna happen. <laughs> and uh, oh oh yeah, the humidity is not allowing the blood to dry on my jacket, so oh smearing it on the on the plants as we walk past. Oh she yeah. Put this down. Oh yeah, maybe that's
4: <laughs> bad thing. Yeah,
3: that's
0: you it, yeah. But you know this, Sarah. You, you're a pale you're the only you're the a paleontologist, you know
3: this. <laughs> well, I always like to think, hey, I don't know what it'd be like yeah. to get <laughs> <be> killed multiple <laughs> times by dinosaurs. I'd probably <laughs> oh, I probably forget about blood on me too. Not, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but even Roland, yeah, even Roland didn't, yeah. didn't comment on it. He was like, oh, oh that's it's maybe, okay, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe we should
0: uh, stop that's expanding into the the new territory to here. Keep the AJ
2: one in. <laughs> yeah, he points <laughs> yeah. the blood out. It doesn't make him look good. It doesn't make her look
0: good. <laughs> <laughs> Just to um to go back to the fact that Malcolm is centered on this one. Did do you guys know at what point that decision was made? Was that because of how popular Goldblum was mm. in the first, and they wanted to make him the focus here, or was that something that Crichton decided independently and Spielberg and Kep took from that? Yeah. Do we know if that was always going to be the case, or if I that was, gather, a to it was the reaction to Crichton
2: both? going off of a Conan Doyle inspiration in terms of, like, he always brought Sherlock Holmes back, and Crichton found he could not write about the world of Jurassic Park without having the kind of running commentary that Malcolm inherently offers. Mm. He felt like that was one of the the only ways he could, he himself, make sense of it by having that character there.
3: Right. So he did a a bit of a (laughs) wreck.
2: He's good. In his
0: own writing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he
3: survived.
0: <laughs> Doesn't the Lost World book open with something like uh, several uh, newspaper sources erroneously report yeah. his demise? He didn't die; he's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> several sources, including my previous book, <laughs> reported him dead, but uh, they
3: they were wrong. I, but, I mean, I think it's logical. that yeah. Sam, um, Doctor Alan Grant, and Ellie Sattler—they just they wouldn't. Yeah. they wouldn't want to return to an island, that's for sure. Mm. Um, I think it, it kind of makes sense. But then... Mm. I don't know. I guess it was just more logical. I love the introduction of all the new characters in The Lost World as well, I think. As, as we talked about before, Roland and everybody introduced a lot of characters to the franchise that are iconic still to this day as much as those original yeah. three.
2: I, particularly Roland. He's one of my favourite uh, <sighs> JP what guys to of kind of yeah. come through this fold. And... It, it, I'll, I'll remember him much more to the, to this day than um, uh, trying to think of side characters in something like Fallen
0: Kingdom now, and I can't think of a single one.
2: No.
0: <laughs> I, I I I was going to try and say Chris Pratt's character, but I genuinely I can remember can't remember him. his Owen, name. I, I, so. I can remember Owen.
2: I'm just trying to. Justice Owen. Smith. He's in
3: noses he, for a bit. Can can. Ken Wheatley is the guy who. Uh, he's Buffalo Bill in Fallen Kingdom. Oh, yeah. The character is Ken Wheatley. And everybody thought, oh, my God, Buffalo Bill is going to be like another Roland kind of thing. And
2: then. It's just, it's I completely really forgot he was in that movie until you just mentioned it right now.
3: <laughs> yeah. Is that the only real scene you get? You get a couple scenes with him, and then he, I think he pulls out a yeah. tooth and wears it. It has like a. Thing that he wears of t The, in, tea the oh,
2: him, in the cage.
3: Yeah, it does yeah. a little smile. Uh, uh, gotcha. <laughs> 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 it's just such different movies. They're so different. <laughs> God, this is frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> over the place. Um, <laughs> it, I, I'm, I mean, yeah, they, they, it does feel like a different era. I was saying the yeah. other day to. Um, Chris, I work with, he we were saying I miss that feeling when we were kids going into teenagers when there was only mm. three Jurassic movies and that feeling of like what's next the mystery and all you had was those first three movies and there was no real expanded world outside of that yet and I miss that feeling of being able to fill in the gaps. Yeah, cause now it's gone. Yeah, so crazy. Yeah, and, yeah. And where it is? Um, I'm hoping if they move forward with the Something for the franchise I'm hoping they kind of try and take it back to its roots a little bit and hopefully set it before Jurassic world as well, because so I think there's such a chunk of time there that's yeah you know, could be explored, but I don't know some would argue that the we've had enough
2: movies <laughs> <in
3: this franchise. laughs> certainly certainly enough to kind of leave it for a, a time <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, maybe come back with like what Prey was to mm.
0: Um, mm, the Predator movies yeah, back to the drawing board I think, yeah, what you're saying uh, about seeing these as, as kids when all you had were the films, the sporadically paced films scarcity is very important with something like this and I think that's something that our our girl Kathleen Kennedy has figured out the hard way with Star Wars mm. and uh, it, not to retroactively make the prequels to be better than they were because they, they're still largely not very successful but they were still exciting when they came out because, aside from the expanded universe books and all that business, that was all you had in terms of visual, you know, entertainment to keep you going. And as soon as it became one a year or two a year or one a year yeah. on a TV series, you quickly become inured to it. Cause, yeah, I mean, back back uh,
2: around this time, like even with the first Jurassic Park, they're just making that to make Jurassic Park. They're not really thinking, mm-hmm. oh, what seeds can we put in here for um, the sequel that we're going to do in two to three exactly, years time. Exactly. Um, yeah, They're just making the one, <clears throat> put it together, hope for the best, and then come, come back yeah. to
0: the table after, after that. And <laughs> yeah. Even insofar as Spielberg deciding to not save the San Diego mm. bit for a hypothetical third film, because he doesn't know there's going to be one, he's certainly not going to make one even though I don't think it works, certainly for me it doesn't work, it's still more admirable than just teasing and saying up the future, seeing this as a self-contained thing on its own.
3: Mm-hmm. And and that could, as you said, that, that could be a whole podcast in itself talking about how the industry has changed yeah. in that regard. But I miss that aspect of sequels where they go back to the drawing board, but they didn't plan what the sequel yeah. was going to be ahead of time, really. Yeah. So they have, yeah. to, they yeah. have to be they have smart to about it, <laughs> it and really they try, try to and figure it out. Left.
2: Yeah. Or think about yeah. what, think logically about what the kind of next step. Yes, I know some people will probably go like, "Is it logical that Doctor e. Malcolm would go back at all?" I I buy it enough to get the <laughs> uh, the adventure rolling, and I'm happy he's there along with me. <laughs> yeah, I certainly buy it a lot more than uh, certain logics in the particularly the new trilogy. Shall we say? Yeah. <laughs> 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 but um, <laughs> well, yeah, I I do only grow to yeah, I, I grow do. more fond of this one, particularly in light of what we have gotten in recent years. Uh, for for their many uh, whatever strengths and flaws that the the world movies ha- have, I don't think I think personally, comfortably for me, this is the personally, best follow up. To Jurassic Park, it's the strongest sequel out of the bunch, and yeah, I would argue also the strongest score mm-hmm. out of the bunch, because it is <sighs> for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is John Williams at his best. So- <laughs> <laughs> <It's>
3: so- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it really is, um, and I agree. I mean, for me, it's 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 on par with the first Jurassic, and I totally understand. I grew up with them, right? So there's a lot of nostalgia there. But, um, yeah, I think it's just as good. I have just as much fun with it. And I feel like it's the perfect sequel to what uh, most people consider a perfect mm-hmm. movie. Mm. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and there in- there inherently lies the issue, isn't it?
1: Is that... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. What are we going to do now? <laughs> <laughs>
2: people liked it too much. It is, it... <laughs>
0: yeah. Because, theoretically... In a in a in a perfect, airtight, sealed world, it's impossible to sequelize Jurassic Park. You would think <laughs> the the concept of Jurassic Park it, it should it, it should shut off the idea of a sequel. And I think the idea of the Lost World is the really the only place you can go with a sequel to Jurassic Park as future films.
3: <laughs> found <out. laughs> What what I always find funny about the the recent Jurassic World movies is there's all the commentary about how well we need to get away from the islands, we need to get away from that landscape, we need to get away from the islands yeah. and the rainforest and the jungle. They always just come back to a jungle. Yeah. Like, the Biosyn yeah. yeah. Valley and Dominion yeah. is an isolated yeah. shot of jungle, which is <laughs> so yeah. it's like an Yeah, right yeah, yeah. yeah. And I I just Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> For real. <laughs> My God.
0: Oh I'm not looking forward to watching those Fucking movies again, but <laughs> there it's, um, you are. You you, you've got it, though, right? You gotta got, it, got to check them off. Got on. to do it again. Got to do it again. It, it is. I'm looking yeah, forward to. Yeah. I think my takeaway. <laughs> no, well, we'll see. We'll see. My my takeaway is I think that it is inherently inherently unsequelable Jurassic Park, but I think this is as good a vision of what a sequel could and should be as you're going to get mm. from these films. Which is maybe damning with faint praise, but I do mean that there's a lot I do like about this film, particularly the middle chunk, I think is very, very effective.
2: Absolutely. I, I, I think that inherently there's too much terrific set piece work going on here to ever write it off as one of Spielberg's worst. It's, mm. uh, one of the ones I always feel gets a little, a, a little harder... Rep. Then it deserves. Um, I. It's a very, very enjoyable, very uh, driven, dark, uh, moody, gruesome action movie <laughs> with some good dino action. And honestly, <laughs> that's all a grown boy needs. <laughs>
3: it is honestly, it perfectly encapsulates that feeling that I want from mm-hmm. Jurassic Park. I think that's totally omitted from any of the new movies, so yeah, um, I can always go back to the lost world and be happy hell, yeah, man <laughs> <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs>
2: now, Jack, I know we're kind of approaching round uh our time with you, but is it that feels like a nice kind of round off point for um our discussion on the lost world, so before we let you go, I just thought I'd let you know that, um. Uh, our twitter callers have very much been on the same 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 page as you uh a <laughs> lot, lot of they're lot trained of, well they're trained <laughs> <lot>. <laughs> said, as soon as you retweeted it it was like boom <laughs> oh good uh, yeah. that's good lots of lost world love
3: i think there's definitely been a resurgence of it in, in as the jurassic world movies have played out I think people have gone back, and there's been a lot of new fans who have come and watched the original movies and have this newfound love for The Lost World. They've never seen it. Um, and I think that's been really great to see. Yeah. People going back to the originals and, and, and like, oh, seeing shit. this whole movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> These movies are still so goddamn good. And I think they'll always just hold up. Um, yeah, really, really love Lost World. Yeah, man.
2: Thank you for coming back on and uh, extolling <laughs> its virtues with us. No,
3: thank you both for having me on. Um, I want nothing more than just to talk to the Lost World, so thank you, uh, thank, <laughs> you. Thank, <laughs> thank you so much. I'm sad for you guys that you have to move on from this movie.
0: Well, we've got a very exciting film coming up next episode, which, which softens the blow. Bob, Bob, be-o-doo. Oh. Be-o-doo.
2: Now, Jack, is there anything you would like our listeners to look out for? Anything you want to uh, plug or anything that Outpost has got going on at the minute?
3: Uh, no. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, check out... Um, <laughs> there's, so, it's the 30th anniversary of Jurassic Park. If you're living in Melbourne, if you're in Australia, they have the Supernova event on, um, I think, this Ooh. week. But aside from that, I, I have no idea what's happening. Jurassic Park 30th. Hopefully, there's going to be some event at the parks yeah hopefully there'll be something for people to celebrate but either way it's the 30th anniversary of the best movie ever made and that's all i got <laughs> closely followed by lost and no you know what lost world's the best movie ever made that's what, <laughs> that's what i thought that's the final one
2: bring you back <laughs> in four years for the 30th anniversary of that that's it that's it
3: that's gonna be a good one
4: <laughs>
1: get that three hour extended cut out heavy. <laughs> oh yeah that's it that's my life goal you
3: know? just, <laughs> just, just get in universal's archives and find one again <laughs> the delaware cut <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was, oh, yeah. Yeah. no
2: thank you both appreciate yeah. it thank you so much man thank always you a man pleasure. always much
0: appreciate love. it not making the same mistakes again. You're making all new ones.
2: I need you to send rescue immediately. Men who tamper with the laws of nature. Get this
0: movable feast underway.
2: Do so
4: at
3: their own risk. Go. On. As fast as you can. Don't move!
1: What is it?
4: Mom oh, he's very
0: angry. A Steven Spielberg film. Hang
1: hey, on something!
0: The Lost World, made in PG-13.
4: Starts Friday, May 23rd at theaters everywhere.
2: Big thank you once again to Mr. Jack Delamere there for joining us on our trip to Isla Sauna. Um, always a fountain of knowledge when it comes to the Jurassic Park corners of the Celluloid and always a pleasure to chat to him. And um, we Indeed. hope you enjoyed the chat too. And as aforementioned at the end there, um we did put out the feelers to mm-hmm. gauge what you, the rambling listeners, think about the lost world Jurassic Park. And as uh, as we reported, Jack, <laughs> you, you all pretty much land on the same side. <laughs>
0: <laughs> after after weeks and weeks of drought, the yeah, rains yeah, really have came come in. down <laughs> upon Gave us. Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: with a uh, one being from the Arch Paulie at Level Up Paulie, simply stating 100% my favourite <laughs> of the Jurassic franchise.
0: It's nice to have someone echoing Mr. Delamere's thoughts. We also received word from the lovely Harley Mumford at Fundamentals Podcast saying, love this movie despite its flaws. Some masterful sequences from Spielberg, from the cracking glass, all the stuff with the compies, and the raptors in the long grass. Plus two T-Rexes, all meant I wore out the VHS for this one. P. Possilthwaite steals every scene too. Pretty much agrees with everything we've said. (laughs) It's like he knew.
2: And uh, the podcast that nobody asked for. Nobody <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: Right in <under> a <the> microphone. <laughs> we can
0: incorporate that. That's
2: part of it now. That's part of it now. Okay, <clears throat> let me take that one again. <laughs>
0: I don't want you to. I liked it as it was.
2: It was perfect. <laughs> we also had a tweet from the podcast nobody asked for at nobody asked for pod. So- Simply saying, I think it's unfairly maligned, suffered from being the sequel to a masterpiece. It's an average action film, and there's always a place for that. And I, I, I very much, it kind of echoes my final thoughts on the movie there. Um, but yeah, hmm. I, 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 very, I very much agree. Although I'd say it's above average. About
0: average. I'd say it's above, as, as, as I think out of the three of us, I liked it the least. I'd still say it's above average. Mm-hmm. That Spielberg craft. Uh, Kevin McDonald at Jurassic KM on Twitter says best score FX and creature designs of the series! Mm-hmm. Exclamation mark! I would agree.
2: Do I think it's the best FX actually?
0: You think it's the best score?
2: I think it's the best score. Yeah. Even more than the first. Yeah, I love the main themes from the first, but I do think this is the best score of the of it's the franchise. Moody. Yeah, I just yeah. like how he just really he refuses to just trade in on the motifs laid down and goes for yeah. a new theme which is like just so a piece with the yeah the movie at, at hand and it's and then even just going then going for the more percussion driven action scenes as well it's mm. one, it is one of his yeah finest action scores particularly for i Williams. do think as
0: well the moments when he does bring back the uh original yeah. themes particularly to do with hammond are um, oh, the moments the film doesn't work? So I think Hammond is a twat in this film. He like, loves sending people to their deaths. But the fi- now, now the the she film... came
2: to me. I want you to know that. <laughs> oh, shut up, y'all.
0: Baland. Spielberg sees him as so cuddly and tries to make him seem so cuddly, particularly with those uh, themes coming back when he's on screen talking. And he gets the final word. Yeah, idiot. Awful man. He should have died like in the like in the book. Nixed his words. <laughs> anyway
2: um, Ben at Jurassic Site B wrote in to say this is a masterpiece in movie making so many standout moments incredible animatronics and set design Pete of weight is outstanding and the score by John Williams is next level it's truly underrated by many but as a Jurassic Park fanatic I think it's
0: nearly faultless he also said in relation to uh, Jack DelaMere's uh, retweeting of our Lost World tweet Outstanding movie. Boom.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, we also had a tweet uh, in from Jar- Jaroslav. Co- Co- ah. <laughs> I'd say, I'd say Jaroslav, Jaroslav. Co- <laughs> I think it's a soft a soft J. Jaros- I would say Jaroslav <laughs> Jar- Jaroslav at Jaros four two eight. Listen, the only important thing there is is the Lost World at Janda.
0: <laughs> I love when a tweet tells me to listen
4: <laughs>
0: I'm listening uh, You also received a DM didn't you Andrew That I've not been privy to uh, Yes a uh, Netflix
2: Nick Flick's podcast got in touch to say Love that you guys guys are covering the Lost World Quick thoughts and I'd say That I get that it's not a great movie But I still really enjoy it Thank you for getting in touch Nick And we had Uh one last question as well from a uh, previous guest of the podcast, Dan Kelly at Deakin' Crown <laughs> on Twitter. Worst, most painful and scarring demise in this movie? There are a few good ones to pick from. Now, I know we we kind of spoke a bit about um, Eddie's Eddie. death in particular. Poor Eddie. Poor Eddie. But I, I think the crown for this one has to go to the Peter Straumair uh, compies. Uh, just the way that builds up and the sticks Menacing in the and, and how cheeky yeah.
0: and sw- cheeky and vicious those fuckers are.
2: <laughs> they really get
0: in his crevices. That one of the images that stuck in my head from being a kid was when they get up his nostril. Yeah, you know, and they're, they're and pulling they're just tugging membrane. on his leg. Yeah. They also, shout out to the the death of the uh, rival paleontologist um, who runs out of the waterfall when a steak goes down his shirt, and he's picked up by a T Rex, oh, and you yeah. hear. A, a, maybe his spine, you hear some quite substantial bone snap, and that sounds it's an awful bit of sound design brilliantly awful awfully brilliant awfully brilliant
2: <laughs> so thank you very much everyone for getting in touch with your thoughts there of oh, the Lost World Jurassic Park we will of course be returning to um, Isla Sauna sometime in the future but not quite yet as there are a few more stops along the way in the late 90s wilderness of Ammon Entertainment. With b- 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 <laughs> with our next film, indeed, being the Barry Sonnenfeld joint oh, and baby. also the summer of 1997. Yeah, Men in yeah. Black. Yeah, yeah, man. Yes, it is.
0: It is. I'm finally S- doing Men in Black, Andrew.
2: Starring Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones, with a script written by Ed Solomon based off the Malibu Marvel comic book. If you happen, don't happen to have the film on disc and would like to catch up with the Men in Black along with us, you can watch it if you have a Sky or Now Cinema subscription. Otherwise, you can rent or buy it digitally from Amazon, Apple, Chili, Google Play, Rakuten TV, <laughs> Microsoft, Sky Store,
0: and YouTube. Uh, if you've got any thoughts on those well-dressed, best-kept secret in the galaxy men, please do tweet us at Amblin, or email us at ramblingaboutamblin at gmail.com with any thoughts. Uh, I-, I expect them to largely uh, rotate around the idea that the film is the best of the best of the best, sir. <laughs> uh, while your podcast <laughs> device is in your hand, please do give us a little uh, like review, a like rating and a subscription. And if you have time, please do write a little review because uh, it's always nice to hear what you think of us.
2: Yes, please, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you do join us again for our episode on the men in black. A big thank you once again to Mr. Jack Delamere for stopping on by to check out the shores of East La Sauna. I have been Andy Godian.
0: I have been Joshua Glenn and
2: together we have been rambling and ambling podcasts all about the lost world Jurassic Park we'll see you next time until then take care and happy